0: Thank you so much to our podcast sponsor, Huckleberry. Find them online at huckleberry.co.nz for organic produce, whole food groceries, top quality supplements, and sustainable home and personal care products delivered to your door.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to How to Save the World. Today we're talking about recycling. I'm Wade Wolf. And I am Tim Bat. Hey, Hello. Um, are you pretty amped to be talking about recycling?
0: I've never been more excited about anything in my dang life. I've done a lot of cool things in my day.
1: Wow. This
0: episode, oh, number one.
1: Gee, so that's got to be like some pretty hard-hitting cynicism. (laughs) Crikey.
0: (laughs) I don't know. There's a... I know that you are very into recycling, but do you have any burning
1: questions about recycling?
0: I have a latent feeling in my brain that recycling is a crock.
1: That it's not legit.
0: Exactly. Mm,
1: And I think this is uh, the persistent myth that uh, it's not worth it. I'm so glad to hear
0: you describe it as a myth. That well, immediately makes me more excited to hear about the reality of this.
1: this it's, so the reality is really interesting um, and it's a you actually have to understand the difference between the different um materials that we recycle. right. Some of them we shouldn't be recycling. right. It's called wish cycling. when you throw something in the bin, just hoping that it's going to get recycled yeah, and it's, it's just causing havoc.
0: I actually have a lot of a lot of questions about recycling. Oh. So this, this this should be good. For me, more of like from an operational point of view. Like, like what
1: to put in and that kind of stuff.
0: And if I'm doing it wrong, what happens? This kind oh, of yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah. Which we I We should be able to. Yeah. Yes. You'll be able to I get I think into? so. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because
0: I know zero about recycling. And this is Nothing. my
1: thing. This is my geeky thing. I, um I've spent seven years at Auckland Council working the waste minimization team there. And part of what we did was... Um, Tours of all the different facilities, so I got to see um, glass being recycled and made into like new bottles and jars, and OI and Penrose and Vizy, which is the big uh, materials recovery facility where all of our curbside recycling goes in Auckland. Um, got to see landfills uh, where um, some specific where all of our um, metal scrap metal goes and gets made into things. Um, Carter Holt Harvey's paper paper pulp mill um so yeah i've got a good background in all of that stuff right um and still involved with uh wastemans which is new zealand's um like represented a body of all of the people in the waste industry whether they're landfill owners or community recyclers or councils um a huge number of people involved with them um okay
0: yeah so let's, let's, let's start at the absolute top shall we what is recycling
1: Great question. It's, um, it's a word that can get used, I think, a little bit broadly, which can make it confusing. So I would never talk about recycling my food waste. Um, I would talk about composting my food waste. I specifically refer to... Oh, and sometimes people also talk about oh, recycling clothing when they're dropping it off in a clothing bin. That's also not recycling. That's just rehoming or repurposing or reusing. Recycling is quite a specific process where you take a material and then it gets it goes through some sort of a process where it gets squished up um or melted or um pulped or whatever so it gets
0: changed in some way it gets
1: broken up Mm -hmm. and then it gets reconstituted back into the thing that it was right um that's that's perfect recycling going around and around Mm -hmm. um a lot of what we call recycling we also in the trade like to call downcycling, where you hasn't hasn't it's not really going around and around so for example if you were to take glass um and instead of taking it to the guys who make the glass bottles and jars, so if you take your glass bottle, put it in the recycling bin, and then somebody takes it to a place that might be making roading aggregate and they smash it all up and it goes into roads, mm-hmm. that is an example of downcycling. So right. it's still being used and it's great in lots of ways, but it's not recycling.
0: Is it, yeah? So is it inherently more bad than recycling? Or is it, because I don't know, if I hear the word yes. down, I think bad. No, but yes, it-
1: absolutely. In terms, so there's a waste hierarchy, which mm-hmm. is basically just saying in terms of the outcomes that we want for our society and for um, the environment, we basically are in a world now where we're running out of resources and we don't want to be putting lots of carbon into the atmosphere or any greenhouse gases. And so that's where the waste hierarchy comes from. It's looking at, um, like, if, uh, let's say you you have a... You go to the supermarket and, um, you, uh, Oh, I've just realized I can't use this example anymore. Get a plastic bag,
0: <laughs> just go, just run with it. Okay, you um,
1: use your imagination. Um, you might say to yourself, This is okay because I'm actually intending to reuse this bag quite a few times. And sure, maybe you do, but there is, there's no way that that is better than just not having ever taken that bag in the first place and um, avoiding it completely. Gotcha. So, but of course, reusing it several times is better than just using it once and chucking it out. Uh, and then. Uh, if you're going to take that bag and say, "Oh, this is okay," because I'm going to put it in the soft plastics recycling scheme, but you're still only using it once—that's that's nowhere near as good as if you'd actually reused it a few times before you recycled it. Gotcha. So that's kind of a. Without going into the the theory of it, it's actually very intuitive that some things that you can do with waste are better for the the energy and the resource base. Mm-hmm. So, for going back to that example of a glass bottle. um it's way better to...
0: Remain as a glass bottle.
1: Yes, because that's how we close... Like we talk about a closed loop or a circular economy, mm-hmm. and that's really important because um, at the moment we're taking too many resources from our environment, which is leading to like biodiversity loss, extinction, pollution, uh, degradation of our environments, uh, really, really finite things that we're taking from the world.
0: That is such a crystallised explanation of the closed loop. What do you call it? The closed loop economy,
1: uh, circular economy, circular
0: economy. Yeah, I hadn't really had a good grasp on it before, but that makes so much sense. It's people, like, keep the yeah, things what they are, yes. So keep we don't the need thing, to introduce more yes, things yes, to make more exactly. things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
1: Yeah, and um, I think that people often think of. Well, if actually, probably people don't often think of waste at all. and um, That's the thing. But if you are, think about, oh, it's a sector, just like um, the health sector or um, education sector or the business sector or whatever, um, and all of those subcategories. But actually, I like to think of waste as... It's just actually A fun
0: project you can do With your friends and family
1: (laughs) Ah thank you Tim Uh, (laughs) Nailed it Roasted roasted you Yeah you did You did It's me thrown through
0: (laughs) No sorry What were you going to (laughs) say
1: Is that it's actually Half of everything It's not just a sector It is actually All sectors Have inputs and outputs And that's where waste sits And so uh, Recycling isn't just something That we do over in the waste sector It's something that Everybody In whatever sector it is they need to be thinking about what they're doing with their materials and their products and how they can recycle them back in and close those loops
0: it's a way of life man
1: i'm feeling like i'm gonna run out of time because i've just spent 10 (laughs) minutes talking about the definition of recycling so it's recycling is great because it avoids uh landfilling litter um remember that, that fox river Yes, disaster. Where so the rivers a big cut it, storm
0: yeah. went through a closed landfill and basically strew rubbish just, from decades ago yes. all across this pristine land and, when and waterways. And whenever
1: this happens, because I know a few times when it has happened, sometimes it's just through regular earthworks or whatever when a new road's going through mm-hmm. and, and for whatever reason a landfill is dug up. Mm-hmm. Every time the comments are, oh, this stuff just looked like it went in yesterday. That's scary. And I, I know someone who was helping out down there, volunteering to clean it up, and they just said they never wanted to see another single served butter container in their life. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, because it's a touristy area, right? they like, like
0: time capsules, but the worst version of Yeah,
1: them. you just don't need. So, I mean, you know, what's wrong with a little triangle of butter on your plate? Yeah. Anyway, so we're kind of getting into um, the place of recycling. Like, yes, yes okay. of course, it's great to recycle, but mm-hmm. please, people, if we can avoid the little single serve plastic butter container in the first place, because the stuff never goes away, whether we're yep. recycling it or not, yep. um, plastic will still always be plastic. Mm.
0: So that said, recycling. That said,
1: yeah. So that's that's why recycling is awesome. And why we should bother because it's so much better than just having it going, ripping materials is ripping to, yeah. through our system once and then yeah. going from one extraction hole, ripping through our system in less than six months and then bang, dumped in a landfill forever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is this persistent myth around recycling if it gets dumped or um, if, you know, what happens to it. Um, so on the one hand, you've got the people who say recycling is a commodity. Okay. A commodity,
0: so it's like a, a like a market approach to recycling.
1: Yeah, and it is like um like say if you've got a full shipping container going off overseas full of you know, bales of plastic or whatever, um like who do you think who pays who? Do you think we? Yeah, good yeah. question.
0: Yeah. Mm. I. I don't I honestly don't know. I would suspect that we would probably pay to get rid of it.
1: No, it's the opposite. Someone is paying like at least ten thousand plus for a ship container load of our plastic. Of
0: stuff. Yep. I guess that makes sense because it's it's raw material that that's you right. can do something that's, with. Yeah, so, so it that's is a actually commodity. it is a
1: commodity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um it typically would be a company, if it is a container going offshore, it's probably typically a company in Asia that's just paid you know, ten or 15000 for this um, product. Um, so on the one hand, you know, oh, great, we've just busted that myth, right? Obviously, yeah. it gets recycled because people are paying for it. Yeah. On the other hand, um, I came across a woman... Pua Le Pung from Malaysia, who especially came to New Zealand to visit us to tell her what's happening in her village. And she said that, so I'll give you a bit of context, um, which we'll get to in a second, about how China changed some policies and basically stopped accepting a lot of our recycling which meant that suddenly a huge amount of it was going to Malaysia. So she came to us last year in 2018 to say that her village had become a dumping ground basically overnight and that our recycling was poisoning her home and she said that mostly it's being uh, just dumped in a mountain of waste or being burnt Um, and I've got a quote from her. New Zealand may think that they have high recycling rates, but really it's being sent to other places like Malaysia and not being recycled. People in developed countries felt like recycling was a solution, but that myth was just encouraging more and more waste, she said. So the plot thickens, eh? How is this happening? I know. If someone's paying
0: for it, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would you pay $10,000 for something you're going to burn?
1: Exactly, exactly. So that's what I have. Been ferreting around and been finding out. And um, before we get into that, uh, because you really do need to understand a bit of context. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought the basic question is kind of what happens to my recycling? And this would be like, say, your curbside recycling. Um, So, do you have much of a sense of when you put it out at the gate? What happens? Like where it goes? Absolutely none. Really? There's a truck
0: and then I'm like, see ya. Yeah. That's that's done.
1: So in Auckland, it goes to a massive, it's called a MRF, which is a materials recovery facility. It's not a place where the recycling happens. It's a place where things get sorted and typically bundled, or actually it's called bailed. They bail it up. And then when they've got enough of something, they'll find a buyer and send it maybe to another place in Auckland or maybe off overseas usually depending on what the actual product is Um, and then depending on where you are in the country your recycling might be going to uh, a smaller version of that essentially um, conveyor belts not very many people lots of machines that automatically can sort things um, or it could be going to a community recycling centre which is Similar outcomes, um, but really different models. So kind of really tweaking the outcomes, more jobs and much better quality recycling that comes out of it because they're sorting by hand.
0: And does that generate a, sort of um like a more premium product it at the other absolutely end. Absolutely does. So right. they're getting
1: more money for their recyclable commodities. And in fact actually they're able to recycle more as well. So some of the things that the larger centres are having to landfill, these guys are still able to find markets for because they've done such a great job sorting it.
0: Can can I ask a couple of questions about these MRFs? Yep. Or is it gonna sidetrack you? No, well let's just do it. How like so how how does it work in there? How automated are they? Like what physically is going on? Because in my head this is what happens. There's um, a bunch <laughs> of dump trucks that go in and put it on a in a central place, and there's a conveyor belt.
1: How big do you think that conveyor belt? Is?
0: I've no idea. It's mass- it's, I, I don't know. It's three as stories. As big as a person. Three, three stories. Three stories. Yep. But obviously horizontal, right?
1: No, on a diagonal.
0: Oh, feeding. So it goes, oh, it goes okay, from so the ground, grabbing, feeding up. Okay. And then in my head for some reason there's claws in the mix <laughs> picking things out. Yep. Uh, Is no.
1: that in there? No, no claws.
0: Um well so come stuff, on,
1: what else? Stuff has to get sorted magical somehow. things. Actually, look. Uh, so Is there a sieve? Is yes, there
0: kind of like yes, a sieve yes, yes,
1: that totally. around? Yeah. Yep. It's you actually look, it's the, coolest, it's the coolest thing. It's funny because um, I am such a fan of community recycling centres. Um, for all the right reasons they're awesome um but those big murphs are like whoa they make you feel really small and it's so impressive uh some of the things that they're they're doing they're basically they start with the um question what makes this item physically different to another item and therefore Whatever that quality is, what can we do? Like, for example, some things are just naturally lighter. So yep. they'll have a wind tunnel and the lighter things go gotcha. in one direction. So some, we can
0: separate the plastic from the y- glass and metal by blowing it around. Yep.
1: Some things will be attracted to a metal. So, uh, sorry, like to a magnet. magnet. Yep. Some things will be uh, will react to an eddy current.
0: Is it electricity? Yes. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else? That's so. Oh, it's so, so cool. cool. It's, it's so, like so big fun. Science. Yeah, it is. It's a big science thing. And um, with the plastic, at Visi again, I'm not quite sure if this is the case um, typically, but they use an optical sorter. And I, this is a bit beyond. Is the claw? No. Surely. <laughs> it's a. It's a laser beam oh. that. Uh, I goes through the plastic as it's going past and can identify if it's a PET or HDPE or whatever. Um, and then if it identifies something, it will give it a little blast of air, which sends it off in a different direction.
0: That's so cool.
1: Yeah. So that's that's how MRFs work. Wow. Yeah. So MRFs obviously have got some real positive sides Um, and one of the things that councils typically say about MRFs uh, is that they've got uh, these facilities to help sort all the different types of recycling it saves us as the public having to separate at source yeah. and um,
0: and we're shit at it anyway. and that's what People they say, lazy. so that's
1: what council say, it's like we're all lazy, we're all terrible recyclers so let's just make it really easy mm-hmm. um, and that's basically the big philosophy of a MRF that it's going to be easier for everybody, it's the lowest common denominator and um, and
0: I imagine with MRFs versus community sorting you can scale it up a lot more as well because you could like less humans involved so you can just run it 24 right. 7 yeah. Yeah. don't have to it's, pay workers it's
1: cheaper yeah so there are a few people that work at them regardless and they're typically at the start of the line um pulling out the really horrendously inappropriate stuff that shouldn't be there like horses heads and stuff yeah yikes yeah so um but no mostly it's the machines that sort it so the um products that you get from a Murph is never going to be as good and that's one of the problem because basically what we're going to be the conclusion of what i'm going to be saying today is that recycling is good but there are some fundamental problems with the way we do it in new zealand Mm -hmm. that are actually have some quite easy fixes um and some of those will be just things that the government needs to just go yep bang 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 and then some of them are things that we as consumers need to be aware of um so one of those things is glass, commingling or oh, putting the um, the glass together with the other. <laughs>
0: I think we know what commingling could be. Oh, mean. I thought can that, can was, I that thought it
1: was jargon. Anyway, um, sorry for dumbing it down. Um, the glass
0: getting amongst yeah, the other stuff. Yeah.
1: So when that breaks, and often it actually breaks because the trucks they're going into are compaction trucks. So it's got no chance of not breaking. Yeah. Um, When that breaks all through the uh, other materials, particularly paper, Mm -hmm. it really brings down the grade and what people are able to do with it. Um, So you've got broken glass shards all through your paper and then you try and take that to a a pulping facility. Mm. That just ruins their machinery and um, makes it very difficult. So getting your glass out of your recycling is a really good first step. Mm. Um, Anyway, I really feel like this is a bit of a digression um, because we are talking about what happens to my recycling from the kerb side. Yes. And I was saying that it goes um, to a MRF or to a something equivalent of a community recycling centre. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, regardless, um, it's bailed or sometimes bin, just put in a big bin, um, and then it's sold to the as a commodity to the person who wants it and then it's uh, transported.
0: And, and I assume there's various grades that you get to sell it at, yep, that's community right. one, yep. higher grade, higher price.
1: Yeah, so, for example, um, I my understanding, I put it this way, last time I checked in with them at Vizi, they were pulling out for the number two plastic, which is milk bottles, they're at, and a whole other bunch of stuff, they were actually just pulling out the milk bottles because that was the thing that was sort of of most value to them and mm-hmm. the rest was going to the mixed uh, bale, uh, threes to sevens, uh, whereas, say, at Wanaka Wastebusters, I talked to their Recycling Ops Manager down there, and he told me that they've got three grades for two, for number two. Okay. And so they actually create these bales of of within the plastic grade number two, there's three different grades. And because they're doing that sorting, they're getting a higher price for each bale.
0: Hmm. Makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, no, there's quite a big difference between... um, what happens at the various plants. And yeah. 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 Um, but at the end of the day, uh, uh, in terms of... W-
0: I'm still on the hook for this mystery of why it's being burned and yeah, Malaysia. Yeah, yeah. So, it's a good hook.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, um, right. So then it's getting sold. So we're getting closer mm-hmm. to our, our Malaysian mystery. Um, and really up until about... Well, 2018, most of our recycling, uh, plastic recycling, especially the crappy grades, was just going straight over to China. Um, and, and globally, China takes about half of all of the world's recycling. So then they just announced quite abruptly uh, something called the Green Sword in 2017, which was basically China making most of its recycling industry illegal. So suddenly, globally, everybody is scrambling around, going, "What the heck are we going to be doing with this stuff?" Like the scale of, like, it didn't take long before um, it affected us in New Zealand. It wasn't just plastic too, by the way. It was a lot of paper and cards, so the fibre stuff got affected as well. What
0: was their reason for doing it? Did it just did they kind of get to a stage where it wasn't useful anymore, whereas it used to be? I, taking taking the world's rubbish essentially.
1: Yeah, these are, I've heard. I've heard actually almost a different answer for that question for every person I've spoken to, um, ranging from uh, they wanted to develop their own domestic market as they would get more middle class, they've got more of their own product, and they wanted to focus on recycling that. Through to they don't want to be accepting our crap anymore and the associated environmental hazards with it. Yeah, right. Um, Through to they just wanted to, um, it was a bit of a,
0: like a prestige thing?
1: No, uh, the other one I heard was more about China wanting to get taxes off big companies that they could tax, and it was really just cutting the knees off all of the the, the poor little guys that um didn't know the right people in government and didn't have the right um
0: oh okay yeah one connections or whatever yeah, sure. yeah
1: but um. For whatever reason, mm-hmm. uh, that green sword came down, yeah. and it wasn't long. In fact, you might remember last year because it was in the news a lot. Okay. Suddenly, there were all these stories of stockpiling, yes. and and that was something I was interested in too because I haven't. I tried to find some recent articles. I wanted to know: are those stockpiles still there? Are they getting bigger? Are they getting smaller? Yeah. Um, and I couldn't find anything. Um, the media stopped reporting on it, um, but I did speak to a couple of people who knew what was going on, and basically no they're not getting smaller um, but th- they aren't getting any bigger and uh, it's actually all comes down to the 3s to 7s so the, what the, is the, that the, the the plastic you know how you've got the little recycling numbers in mm-hmm. the triangles 1 2 th- through to 7 so 1 and 2 are still pretty valuable uh, but threes to sevens are really what are cause co- this is what's causing the big stockpiling issue because we're still able to sell one and two mm-hmm. um, but threes to sevens are the things that have been stockpiled so um, councils around New Zealand are currently have either stopped collecting threes to sevens and that it's just going householders are just putting it straight into their rubbish bin or they are collecting and landfilling it in the hope that, that uh, there'll, there'll be a change in situation and they'll be able to go back to recycling it or they're stockpiling it or they are managing to sell it. So those are the four different things that are happening to threes to sevens. Um, and I can talk a bit more about uh, who... like, well, For example, really, it's the, the prices have just plummeted. So with China right. put up this uh, green sword, it basically... Um, meant that there was this enormous glut on the yeah. global market. And so the prices just bottomed, bottomed out. Bottomed out. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it has meant that unless you live, for us in New Zealand, it has meant that unless you live right next to a major port, which is just Auckland, Wellington or Christchurch, then you've got no show of getting it to a market and breaking even. So it is just Auckland, Wellington and Christchurch that are still collecting and processing one, uh, threes to sevens because they're still managing just to make ends meet with that.
0: I imagine that other councils around the country are still collecting threes to sevens because it's part of the system and what, that they, they just goes to landfill now? Well
1: that's what I was saying, that, some have, that, uh, that, that there's three things right. that they're doing. Some have stopped collecting threes right. to sevens oh, and they've, they've announced been, that yeah. to their right. public. Some are collecting and landfilling and some stockpiling gotcha gotcha yeah yeah um but yeah regardless the prices have just plummeted so that's the other big thing that's happened um pet which is number one plastic that was uh four hundred dollars a ton which is stuff all when you think yeah, about how much a ton yeah. is eh? so yeah. there's not really there's really not much money in recycling yeah and we can talk about it as a commodity but it's still important. It's important to see it as that um, because waste is a resource and we need to understand it as the gem it is for closing mm. that loop for yep. the circular economy. But it also is, there is some, it, there's a gap basically between what someone's prepared to pay for that commodity and what it might cost you to get it to them. Yeah, Yeah. yeah and so that gap is something that we need to just have some pretty smart Stuff in place to make sure that it's not the community or the environment that pay for that, mm-hmm. which currently in New Zealand it mostly is. Right, it's mostly rate payers that pay that gap. But um, so yeah, PET was four hundred a ton, and now it's around a hundred a ton. Oh shit! Yeah, huge. Then what kind of
0: time frame are we talking about? Is um, it just like over a matter of years that that's changed?
1: That was since China's green sword. Oh, wow. so wow! Okay. Um, that was the effect of Yikes. it. And same with cardboard um, as well. Cardboard is now something that um, people are often actually asking people to pay a small amount of money to drop off.
0: Oh, so it's actually flipped. It's a negative amount of money now.
1: Yeah, so exactly. Um, Yeah, there used to be money in it and now um, the, the recyclers can't quite make ends meet. Right. Yeah. But you, you still they're still getting paid for it, but it's just that there's a bit of a gap. It costs them a bit more to get it to market.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Sorry. So it's, uh, yeah, okay, I got that. So the cost of sorting it, getting it to people, is not meeting the amount that they can make off it. That's yep, right. Gotcha. That's the, right. The, the net yep. amount is a negative rather than a positive. Yep. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: that's right. Um,
0: it's a net cost.
1: Yes, I'm just looking at this. I've got a good example. It's not about plastic, it's about glass. Go on. So from Wanaka, they get paid $10 a tonne of glass uh, to get it from... at the door through the gates in Christchurch. So if they can get it to Christchurch, they'll get $10 for the tonne of glass. Mm-hmm. And it costs them from Wanaka to Christchurch $80 to transport it, plus the staff time to create that tonne of glass in the first place.
0: Okay, I can so, see where the problem yeah, was.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So in this case, it's it's a business collection, and the business was pay, um, that, that gap. That shortfall. Yeah. yep. And uh, what's good to keep in mind is that it's not, Usually, like if it's a curbside collection, the way we've got our laws, our setup at the moment, it's um, usually not the businesses that are paying; it's um, us ratepayers. Is
0: that where you're going with this? Is totally this shifting
1: yeah, the um, the that, that gap.
0: What I'm thinking of is beer companies. They make so much money in New Zealand, and part of that profit margin includes the fact that they've got all this glass that they're kind of using, mm. you know, for mm. free mm. And tin, I guess, for mm. their cans. Mm. And they should be footing the bill to, to help process this part of their product. yep,
1: yep absolutely. So it's shifting the um, the that gap um, from the – at the moment it's the community and the environment and it's shifting it to the producer and the consumer, mm. which is what – I mean, you know, if I buy a thing, I, I'm happy to pay for the damage I've done yeah. um, at that point of yeah. buying it. I don't want to sort of suddenly be cut up for it when I'm um, – chucking it away and doesn't have any value to me um actually i'd rather just pay if i've just paid a thousand bucks for i don't know a new bed uh, then you know i'm happy to pay an extra 20 bucks at that point i wouldn't even know right and that's that's sort of what we need um and actually there is a uh, right now uh we've kind of got a once in 10 year opportunity there's a Discussion document out, and we can submit on it. The government's asking us: Do we agree with uh, what they've said in terms of what are the priority products, which are the particularly tricky or toxic things, um, like might be agricultural waste or tyres or e-waste? Uh, no, car batteries aren't on the list. Um, But you could submit and suggest that they do put car batteries in the list. Um, I
0: don't know how common it is to throw away uh, car
1: batteries. Oh, I think it's a thing. But actually, there's value in car batteries. There's some of the things that get stolen out of recycling centres. They have to lock them up. Oh, now I've said that. I'll probably release a chain of them. (laughs) (laughs)
0: We've got a a, a lot of crims listening
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Actually, we might be all right, come from second thoughts.
0: so sorry, So on yep. this discussion paper, they're asking us to identify what the... No,
1: um... no. Uh, you can comment, but they've uh-huh. already identified six things. Mm-hmm. And so I recommend that people just go through and say, yes, yes, yes. I agree. All of these things should be priority products. Um, and in the show notes, we can we can give you links to where you can make that submission.
0: What is that? What would that do? Telling oh, the government? Yeah, to good, highlight good these? question.
1: Okay, so the the second half of the um, document is um, also asking for our opinion on um, product stewardship schemes. So anything that's identified as a priority product then gets its a new brand new regulated product stewardship scheme. Which the big difference is at the moment all of our product stewardship schemes are voluntary like a great example is resine they've probably done one of the best um, examples in New Zealand where when you buy a can of resine paint I'm not quite sure what the extra bitters but you pay a little bit of extra when you're buying the paint and that goes into their recycling fund and then when you return the can they already have that money because you've already given it to them maybe a year ago or whatever and they um, are able to recycle that can at no cost they also take other people's cans but uh, you have to pay that money then because it hasn't already been paid so that's a really good example of a scheme that's been working quite well but on balance we're just chucking out more and more stuff and we're just only really scratching the surface. Is this one of
0: those things like carbon offset where it sort of scratches that guilty itch so it just encourages overconsumption in some people? Is that what you're saying?
1: I think mostly uh, the consumers haven't really been... They're not really at the centre of this play. This is really about businesses mm, that have okay. been saying, don't regulate us, for goodness sakes. Gotcha. We're okay, guys. We yeah, are yeah. okay. with these wonderful anything. voluntary schemes yeah. and there's nothing to see here. Gotcha. And actually, we know statistically that uh, it just hasn't been happening. Yeah. There's, they're, they're sure, you can maybe paint some cool pictures about what you might have done with some plastic that you got that you were able to recycle. But if you actually look en masse about all of the that particular waste stream and the percentage that was captured in terms of a meaningful recycling programme, it's, it's epic fail. And what we need and what the government is now saying in this dis- discussion document is uh, let's identify what these um, priority products should be and then let's agree on what the schemes could look like so that we will just have a regulated scheme across the industry. And a really good example, actually, is tyres. Um, they've actually been, as, as United, all of the different tyre companies in New Zealand, even back into the John Key government days, have been asking the government for some regulation for their industry, saying, guys, it's just too hard. If I do it and that guy doesn't, then he's got a competitive right. ag- advantage and... Um, it's too hard for us all to coordinate. It. Can you please just do it for us? Right. And so um, it's actually quite a positive thing because it just creates a new level playing field, yeah. and we can all just get on with it. And yeah. it's just consumers love it too because then they don't feel like they're having to pay for something yeah, when right. they when they when it's crappy to them and they're just trying to get rid of it and they mm-hmm. get hit with a fee that they weren't expecting. So another really good example is um, the like on bottles like a coke bottle milk bottle anything like that Uh, just the 10 cents that you would pay at the time that you buy it and then um, when you um, recycle it somewhere. Um, give South it to the scouts, Australia. exactly or whatever. They this, all say the scouts bring make to a, millions, right? Bring in to a South, Australia. Station yep. in yep. South
0: Australia, yeah,
1: yeah. Yep. So it would be millions. But I don't of dollars live in, in Australia,
0: Waverley. I live in New Zealand. Well,
1: I think that this uh, we might be getting very close, actually. Right. So it is actually really worthwhile. Um, just spending. So how do the scouts fit in with this? The scouts get the ten cents. Yeah. Oh, I've, they
0: go around collecting bottles? Yes. Okay, never yes, mind. Yes, I get yep,
1: it. <laughs> yep. And they operate some of the collection points too. Gotcha. Um, so anybody could have sort of put their hat in the ring for it. And that, I guess that's one of the key things in terms of how you design the schemes, whether you get the, the manufacturers who have created the the bottles Perhaps. or whatever to get them to manage the scheme or whether you get community groups too or whatever, and there's all sorts of um, arguments for who would be best placed to do that. But anyway, let's get back to what happens to our stuff in Malaysia, right? What's eh? going on with Malaysia? What's happening?
0: I would like to take this chance to thank the incredible folk at Huckleberry, the sponsors of this podcast.
1: Have you visited your local Huckleberry refill hub, Tim? I have not yet. Well, they're your no wastage way to shop.
0: That's good news. I've heard on the street that I could head into store for a premium selection of the very best organic and natural whole foods in bulk. Is that true?
1: Yes, it is, Tim, and for extra points, you can bring your own container or choose one in store to take home and buy only what you need so nothing goes to waste.
0: I will definitely be visiting Huckleberry Refill Hub And find out where my local store is At huckleberry.co.nz
1: Yes, it's very dear to my heart The Refill Hub is so fantastic I love it
0: Thanks, Huckleberry Okay, so hold on Before we get too Hold up Before we go too much further Let's see So I just want to kind of like Recap a little bit What I've learned so far Great Okay? Okay <laughs> So, okay Firstly I'm still on the hook with this Malaysia thing. Yep. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So we've got um, recycling set up around the country. I'm putting it in my bin. It's going to a the, you There's, broadly speaking, two different versions of places it can end up at. One's yep. quite heavily automated yep. and one is a bit more people-centered. Hands
1: manual. Yep.
0: Um, and you can get different sort of qualities and gradings of these big bales yes. or collections of raw material which are then sent all overseas no, no we've got okay. quite a strong
1: market in New Zealand for various right. like glass is so a good example some paper
0: they're processed somewhere at an industrial yep. scale yep and uh, China recently made a decision that they were going to stop accepting the world's recycled material.
1: Most, More or less, yeah. They still accept the high-quality stuff.
0: Caused the global markets to bottom out, or the prices to bottom out. Total bottom out, and big
1: stockpiles.
0: A huge crisis of of where it's going to go, and when you change the price, it's like, well, we can't even afford to ship it now, and it changes all those calculations.
1: Part of that was... um, Busy, the Materials Recovery Centre in Auckland getting a massive like $29 million bailout from the council.
0: Whoa, that's a lot of money. It is, eh? Okay.
1: So that was so, a crisis, basically, and then, 2018. And
0: then we've talked about some different approaches in terms of getting industries to sort of self-regulate, and an example of that is Resine with yes. their paints, where they price in at the time of original yep. purchase yep. to account for a programme to look after the materials or government-led external programs. And an example of that would be like the tyre industry in New Zealand.
1: Well, we don't actually have a good example of that. Oh, we don't? So So it could be the tyre industry
0: (laughs) where they've all gone, this is too difficult, we want to all play on a level playing field so the market isn't distorted Mm. and we get unfairly disadvantaged for having a good program that we've got to pay for somehow so just do it for us so we have to play by the rules okay so now where are we going
1: now let's get back to 2018 china closes its doors what's been happening in Mm -hmm. the last year okay so one of the big things that happened was that and i think i sort of alluded to it before is that suddenly these little well i don't know how little they were but these guys in china that got shut down they actually just went overseas, and a lot of them just went to Malaysia or Indonesia and then set up again. Ah. And so uh, then suddenly, New Zealand and Australia are all on the phone trying to find, this, you know, new destinations. And so, basically, overnight, um, Malaysia started taking huge amounts of the world's uh, plastic waste um, that they weren't previously set up for. And so, that's kind of takes us. To, to where we are today. Um, and um, I can just run through the various um, recycling items like
0: I still are we gonna solve the Malaysia mystery? Yeah,
1: yeah sure well, we can skip straight to that. No, no, like- no, we
0: can you don't oh, it- no.
1: all <laughs> it's
0: a good mystery. You just reveal Do you, know what, to reveal w- do you know what
1: I was going to do? is just go through like plastics ones to seven starting with number one. That's what I was going to do. And then I was going to do number two. And then I was going to do number three to seven. So basically just to say that ones and twos, I think I've already highlighted it really. I'm They're going to
0: avoid the obvious joke. Talk, talk oh, about ones yeah, and twos. Yeah, true. Mm.
1: Uh, well, this gets Low funny. then. if you've got that in the back of your mind, is that they still have value. <laughs>
0: All <laughs> waste has value. <laughs> Even <laughs> your ones and twos. <laughs> uh
1: and most of our recycling is actually one and two. So that three to seven. What is it that,
0: what so what is physically? What's one and two? It's one
1: like, one is your drink bottles. Okay. And two so like a is, water
0: bottle, you yep, know?
1: Yep. So your drink bottles are P E T it is, mm-hmm. or, or one, and then H D P E is milk. Gotcha. Um basically you Know a few other things thrown in there. Um, so they've still got good markets, and what's cool is that both of those have got good examples of markets in New Zealand.
0: Great, yeah, what being have, processed yes, locally? being
1: processed and actually made into stuff right here in New Zealand. It's good, yeah. We've got Flight Plastic in Wellington, they're doing number great job of number ones. Um, just clear,
0: still funny. To me. <laughs> oh so no, mature.
1: no, you've said it. <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna get through this section. Well, you put
0: a comedian on your podcast, waving, and you keep talking about ones and twos. I'm going to connect the dots, okay? I'm
1: losing it now. (laughs) (laughs) They get made into drain pipes. Love it. Perfect. (laughs) Um, So that's pretty much it for them. Um, But there's a big difference in the price, so we really need to be avoiding... So with the milk bottles, it went to... um... We mostly just had clear a few years ago, and we've actually gone to coloured, and that really dropped the price. From six hundred to three hundred, roughly half the price. Right, um, for not being able to um, basically, there's no difference to anyone. Just buy your milk in clear bottles. Is the take-home message here? It makes a massive difference to the recyclers. Okay. Clear anything for recycling. Same for glass. It's just you. It's it's intuitive. You can you can make stuff. You can do anything with clear. You yeah, can add right. anything to it. It's right. your basic thing. As soon as it's coloured or even just opaque, it really reduces your value in your market. Cool. Yep. Uh, so that leaves us with threes to sevens. Yeah. We are getting very close to um, what's going on in Malaysia. So. The first thing, I guess, is to put it in context, is so there's not actually a, much of this stuff in people's recycling bin. Um, so it's probably only about 5 or 6% of what's in an average recycling bin would mm-hmm. be threes to sevens. And of that... About half, I think it's about half of that grade is number five, which I'm going to talk about separately because that's actually of the bad stuff. That's actually probably the most redeemable category. Okay. Um, and we've we've already got recyclers in New Zealand that are accepting five number five. So if, um, not so much in the big. Um, processing facilities, but the community recyclers, if they're able to pull out pull out five, and if they can get it to Christchurch, nice. I know that.
0: What is five?
1: It is the it's often the grade that you use in the fridge or the freezer, so ice cream, yogurt, okay, that kind of stuff.
0: Gotcha. Like a punnet for yogurt or, or yes, ice cream tub? Yes,
1: often. Yep. It's a five? Yep, you check it. Check yep. it. You want it to be a five mm-hmm. um, and sometimes those yogurt ones are a six, okay. um, but check it and go for the five. Um, so they've put an additive in it that, you know how if you freeze a takeaway container it will smash if you yes. break it? Whereas if you drop a margarine or an ice cream container when it's frozen, it won't. Yes. That's the quality oh, of a number gotcha. five. Yeah. Um, so... Back to your threes and sevens, Um, just a small amount of it in most people's recycling bin. Um, And you get a lot less for these bales than you would for a one or two. And so I said before about how this makes it actually uneconomic for most of New Zealand. There is no onshore recycling options in New Zealand for threes to seven. So all of our threes to sevens go overseas. So I mentioned before we had Wellington, Christchurch and Auckland. They're really the only three that are still managing to find markets. There's two models of of how you can sell your recycling overseas. You can have a partnership with a particular destination Mm -hmm. and you know where it's going and you might be able to go over and audit what they're doing or whatever. Or you can sell it to a broker and then the broker sells it to factories across Asia typically for processing and it's very hard to track what happens to that. So um, Wellington is in partnership with a group in Malaysia. Christchurch is in partnership with Indonesia and Auckland uses a broker. Interesting Hmm. Yeah So
0: um, It's interesting that Within a country Our three biggest cities Have three separate approaches Yeah
1: Yeah Um, And you know People often ask me What happens to my recycling Where does it go And usually You just say Well it really does depend yeah. on who the highest bidder might be, or what's happening in terms of that commodity. Like, it is a or commodity market. Yeah, where you live, definitely. Like, talking to the guys in Wanaka, that it's a completely different set of. Um, issues that they have to what a recycler in Auckland would have. So in Auckland, they would be, it would be so expensive for them to have space in Auckland because of the price. Whereas, of course, in Wanaka, um, well, mind you, these days Wanaka's kind of gone through the roof yeah. too, but they've got space there and that's not their right. issue. What their issue is, is trying to get things to mostly to the Auckland market. Like glass, for example, there is only one place in New Zealand that that can go if you want to turn it back into a glass bottle or a jar, and that is Auckland. Uh, so the closer you, and because it's heavy, it really makes a massive difference. Yeah. Difference. Yeah. Um, so, you re- really, if you're not close to a market, that's going to be a big issue for you, too. Um, anyway, so the interesting thing is that these guys that are, all, so Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch that are selling the threes to sevens, um, these threes to seven bales always inadvertently contain some one and two in them. Sure. And that is really the answer to this question of, is it rubbish? Why are people paying for it if it just ends up on the street? And what it is, if people are cherry picking out the value, which is only the one and two, and the rest isn't recycled. Uh, So it's literally just like stripping out the copper wire out of a broken appliance. And then that's why the rest is getting dumped. Yep. Totally. So the, I've spoken to a couple of wow. people and nobody could tell me. These are people who are quite high up in the recycling scene in New Zealand and yeah. nobody knew of a legitimate market for the actual threes to sevens, except or five. It's not wow. different.
0: So, the, sorry, this is the answer to the Malaysia mystery? This is the
1: answer to it. So, yes, they pay that 10000 or whatever it is for the bail, but only because they're wanting to get the good stuff out of it. That and tiny
0: amount they accidentally got in of higher quality recycled materials, they stripped that out and there's enough margin in it for, the, for that to be worth it. Yes. And they just burn the rest. Yep.
1: Or burn or dump or whatever. Man. So that is the answer to it. That's how it's both and. Do you know,
0: See, that's the thing? Because all mean. of that, there's got, well, there's got to be some use for that material, even if we haven't sort of found it yet. You know? I
1: don't know if that's the right line of questioning. I, yeah. I wonder if it is, can we just please stop buying of and course, making this of stuff? Of course,
0: of course. But, but – realistically it's going to be both right it's going to it's going to be both at the same time at least in the short term we're not immediately going to stop
1: look in the short term we don't have a system in place, right? So either we're putting a lot of energy into trying to work out what to do with yeah. it, or we just legislate. Like both are going to take a bit of turnaround time and a bit yeah. of effort.
0: Yeah. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what's in my head. All of those news stories I keep seeing about genetically modified algae that can turn plastic into stuff, into yep. like break it down into into you know usable gas and other materials that yep. are usable. It feels like if we can you know, find some process that can take care of the threes to sevens. Oh, I don't like that train
1: of thought. It's just... Um, well, that stuff's
0: going to exist, right?
1: Okay, look, if... if
0: I'm talking short term, though.
1: I'm not saying that it's always a bad idea. I'm just saying in terms of a philosophy, like... Big picture, as humans, we're yeah. in a big mess on the planet because of this particular line of thinking that we can pretty much do what we like and apply a technological solution to keep doing the things that we like.
0: Big fan of that.
1: <laughs> as, that's why you're here. Um, as opposed to taking a step back and looking at something systemically. Mm. So um, if we're going to use a really holistic approach to whatever that problem is, we're always going to be saying what outcome do we want and in terms of the best outcome to get ourselves out of this hole it is stop putting the carbon in the atmosphere and stop taking the resources and so it's about using as little energy as possible and about returning uh resources into that circular economy so if that's what the algae is able to do then that's great um that some of these um so-called solutions, if you actually look holistically about the energy footprint of them, for example, um, or if you look at what things are being made into, or um, like the... Like Just because you might be able to solve something at the end of that process doesn't mean that it's okay to extract it and create it in the first place because there's still harm done at that point.
0: Totally agree. And actually that um, triggers a thought that I had early on which I'd forgotten about recycling, which is the energy cost of turning these raw materials back into something usable must be huge, right? Like I'm thinking of having to melt down glass to make new glass there must be a lot of energy that's being used
1: yes. to create that heat. There is a lot of energy, but there's a lot basically across the board for whatever the material is. Yeah. It's way more energy intensive to extract that. Sure, it. Um, sure. So for glass, it is 21%. Oh, you've got these numbers. I do. No, no, I just pulled that out of my <laughs> keychain. Like, Damn it, you ruin it. Um, yeah. I'm
0: impressed you've got them on the page, to be honest. Oh, that's great. Yep,
1: they're there. So glass is 21%. Um, less energy intensive gotcha and so that is actually the the one that is most marginal uh the others are better um for um aluminium it's actually 96 percent less energy to make from recycled than it would be from virgin
0: that makes sense to me because i've forgotten the stats but um In New Zealand, even, we use a crazy amount, like a huge percent of our total power Power. for aluminium smelting.
1: That's right. I remember hearing that and being just like fascinated, actually. It's huge, huge, isn't it? It's
0: about 20% of our total energy goes into that one thing. That's an episode. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: Well, this has been, um, I'll, I'll say it, terrifying but so informative mainly the Malaysian mystery is the terrifying bit like the solution to that is just it blows my mind but the, i genuinely feel so schooled up on this now i had no idea how recycling worked before and the answer is that there's multiple answers for where it goes i really feel like i know mm. a lot of the different mm. ones now mm. so some of it is being processed locally some of it is being shipped overseas some of it Is going badly Mm. But some of it isn't as Mm, well
1: That's right And it really It just depends on um, What it is And it's always the threes to sevens That are causing the issue
0: So bearing that in mind What is the big recommendation for people here Wave to try and positively affect this cycle? Is it should we literally be looking when we're in the supermarket and going, "That's a, a five, so I should get that version Absolutely. of the
1: product." Absolutely, yep, definitely. So, um, I've got a bit. I've got a bit of a. Uh, I've called it "Crawling from the Belly Up" list. <laughs> Love it <laughs> uh, because I've started with um, the, the the basics, and I'm moving up to like the best possible solution. Um, so. At the most basic level, if you're finding that you're holding uh, a plastic number three, four, six or seven in your hand, you should be putting that in the landfill, regardless of where you live. Wow. Well, right, because that's just what we said. You put it in the landfill here or it can end up in True. Malaysia True being there. burnt somewhere yep. or whatever. Yep. So chuck it in the landfill. Um, and we didn't get a chance to talk. Maybe or There's some great stories behind this stuff too, but regardless of where you live, Landfill your Tetra Packs, your cartons, and your receipts.
0: Always landfill them.
1: Landfill them, yeah.
0: And your general rubbish. Yep. The reason being,
1: um, because they're not able to be... So, um, what's really worth noting is um, that the... What's the third
0: one? Sorry, Tetra Packs, uh, receipts.
1: And the plastics. Oh, I just mentioned cartons. Like, oh. uh, in other words, depending on what you call them. A, a Tetra pack or a carton, yeah. Like a so, like carton. for me, the
0: thing that soy milk comes in, yes, they always yep. don't, don't recycle them. No, yep, gotcha.
1: No. Sure. Um, so, the the noteworthy thing to say here is Fonterra's milk for schools program mm-hmm. is genuine. So if you if you are recycling um, your Tetra Packs through the school program that's great they've got a great relationship with a plant in Thailand and that whole plant is especially designed to process um, the Tetra Pack. it's a specialist plant and it's actually able to pull out the metal and the fibre and, oh, and, and do something with it right um but if your tetrapacks are just going through your regular curbside um, recycling into a normal facility that's going to bale it up with paper, it's considered paper, and so it then ends up in the paper bale. And for example, might go to Carter Holt Harvey here in Auckland, where um, it goes into a enormous, like sort of two-story high. Porridge bowl hmm. and they they um, pulp it. it. Just add water and um, keep mixing it around and pulping it. And um, the fibres typically lower and you get this gunge coming off the top. Right. That gunge just goes off. Basically, gets extracted out and it goes to the um, waterworks. The sort of treatment. Oh no. Yeah, and so that is really what's happening to your packs because they 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 you can't you, you just can't get into uh, something that has got plastic and mm. metal mm. squished together um, you can't somehow get the paper fibre out of that and you're certainly not getting the, um, anything else out of it through that process so it's a labour intensive or a very a energy intensive to, way to um, mm, mm. so I'll always go for a, um, a clear bottle plastic bottle over a coloured bottle or a tetra pack
0: gotcha. Dang I've got to change another thing okay that's good to know
1: (laughs) (laughs) Recover Um, and yeah so the better still would be to just focus on only buying uh, plastic number one, two or five five uh, 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 depending on where you live is, is probably going off in a mixed bale or whatever I don't know but there is some really good potential for us to be developing that market and we've already got at least one recycler in New Zealand that's able to actually deal with it here so um, I think that's a good thing for us to carry on focusing on one two or five um, better even better is to just avoid plastic wherever you can and go for glass instead that's better. That is better. Okay. Um, because it's, Do you
0: know if it's holistically better considering the yes, weight of it? And I the do. I found a
1: really it. good article in The Guardian oh, about it. Um, it does depend on how far you are away from your glass processing facility. Gotcha. Um, but in New Zealand, we're good. Cool. Yeah. So um, definitely, but glass, like, yes, it's heavier, but if you look at – the idea of a bottle mucking around in the ocean for the next 10,000 yep. years versus plastic, it just doesn't have any of those associated issues. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And glass, it, it's,
0: is, glass is good.
1: Glass is good. It's um, Well, it's better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Give me that one. Um,
1: We're going to
0: have some simple takeaways from this.
1: Glass is good. Well, it's alliteration, so let's yes. go with it. I also was – when I was talking to people for this episode um, – I really enjoyed the conversation I had with Bus and Wanaka Bis Bisson, who's the ops uh, recycling ops manager there. Shout out! Yep, totally, dude. And um, I said, "What's the one thing, Bus, that you that if you could say to people to do, what would it be?" This is the recycling manager, right? This is what he does for the last I don't know few decades as he's just been up in his arms, rolled up with dealing with this stuff. And do you know what he said? It was so cool. He said, "Buy more local."
0: Yeah. Of yeah.
1: Course. Yeah. And so it's like, what do we need plastic it's for? It's The one thing that keeps every it's, episode. It's its yes, head. it's yeah. just it's, we just need the shit to ship it around the world, yeah. um, to get it from A to B and to the place that we're not or were or whatever. So buy more local, and then and then he said, which is kind of a cool thing, if you're just taking some some of those first steps, is that within that just do one thing. Yeah. You know, and interestingly top three things that we buy in the supermarket every week are milk bread and the last one's a bit random broccoli <laughs> <laughs> but anyway milk and bread quite easily like the one thing he decided to do was just buy sourdough at the local market That's and that it. is yeah. recycling that is recycling
0: this might be one of our biggest episodes to date
1: it's a good both in
0: information and duration but i think a journey well worth going down Mm. um thanks wave it's so good to get to tap into your years of expertise on this issue
1: it's nice to be on solid ground actually
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's been great to be able to glean good factual um yeah information get the good oil on something i knew nothing about Mm. i'm going to be buying more glass and less of everything
1: um can i just finish with that shout out to the um submission Please do. It is literally the biggest opportunity we're going to have uh, for years to make submission to the Ministry of the Affairs and the Environment on the proposed priority products and stewardship scheme guidelines. So highly recommend you get in there. We'll have Link some in stuff the in the show notes, uh, maybe give you some highlights on what to do. Um, yeah, just get in there, support it, um, let the government know that we care.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for submitting. I'm going to assume you're doing that. That's how you get people to do stuff. You thank them for doing it before they've done oh, it.
1: Thank you, Tim. Good tip.
0: And thank you for rating and reviewing us on whatever platform you're listening on. And we will catch you in the next episode of How to Save the World. Goodbye. I see what you did there.
1: Thanks heaps to Huckleberry, your organic grocer, who believe in organics for everyone. Head into your local Huckleberry to make the most of their weekly specials or shop online at huckleberry.co.nz.